You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> hey, everybody. Before we get started in our next level podcast, I wanted to let you know that we just released our brand new ebook, and it's all about coaching, about how do you select the right coach. For some of you, been very interested in getting a good coach, and it's great to get a good coach, but the right coach for the right situation. So go check it out. It's a free ebook on McIntyre on themichaelmcintyre.com themichaelmcintyre.com and check it out. It's free. Download it for yourself. It's under books and you're going to enjoy it. Thank you. This is the Next Level Podcast, a place for business leaders, entrepreneurs, and dreamers to be empowered for an abundant kingdom life. Here's your host, Michael McIntyre. Welcome, everybody, to the Next Level Podcast with your humble host, Michael McIntyre. And as I say every week, man, and it's true, we have some amazing people here. And this is, and God's blessed us with this really cool cat, as I call him. And he is <laughs> truly that because this guy is all over the place in the Christian community and uh, out there at Bethel Music. And I just want to welcome Chris Estes and, uh, and give you a quick background on this guy, because if I went in his entire background, it would take up the entire time of our interview. But uh, Chris has got, uh, he's a seasoned music business executive with an extensive background in marketing, in music and technology. He's got more than 25 years experience in the music, media, entertainment, and technology. Now he's passionate about the business, of course, business development, building marketing strategies, and support great products, teams, and brands. And he's held positions as Senior Director of Publishing, Live Events, and Business Affairs at Bethel Music. Uh, he's uh, Currently, he's the Chief Business Development Officer at Bethel Music, uh, Bethel Media Group, and he's also the President of 119 Collective. I just want to welcome my friend here, Chris Estes, to the uh, Next Level Podcast. Man, you truly are next level, brother. <laughs> Thanks, Michael. That's uh a really great introduction, Gosh, uh, I should bring you on the road with me, man. <laughs> well, appreciate that. I, yeah, absolutely, man. I, and I didn't even get to the the the, the fourteen Dove Award winning albums and songs that you've done, oh, and man. yeah, working on the Grammy uh, nominated song and the Grammy Award win, winning album. And hey, that that Kickstarter deal that you guys raised over a half a million dollars—that's yeah. incredible. That was incredible, man. That was uh, that was pretty fun, man. It was so. A friend of mine used to manage Carmen, and uh, I was with him doing some consulting work with uh, Joyce Meyer, and he got the call from Carmen that he had been diagnosed with that cancer that was um, terminal, and you know we were just uh, we were there, um, and it it was pretty pretty you know much a shock to to everybody, and uh, especially my friend Sam who. We've known Carmen for years and years because you think of him, and he's just like this big, you know, man for God. That's yeah, you know, the, the champion, you know, guy. And, um, you know, to hear him, like you could just hear it in his voice. So we just immediately started talking about his legacy, and you know, at the time, crowdfunding was really starting to get some legs to it. Kickstarter was was definitely there, and um, I just remember just thinking, gosh, what if he did like a Kickstarter campaign, and he uh, and he, you know, would would maybe raise money for uh, what could be a final album, you know. And and um, he loved the idea. And we, 
Yeah, we just through the process got to learn that he has an audience that literally spans generations, like teenagers that came to know the Lord through an event, a Carmen event, and he poured all of his money back into the event. So they typically were free, which is awesome. And um, so he reached a lot of people and still had like records, I think, in Texas for largest Christian events at, at massive stadiums. And so that was kind of his legacy. Now, you know, when when we started the Kickstarter campaign, we realized that they had young families and they were just so impacted by Carmen's ministry that they immediately just started giving. And um, yeah, we raised still the largest Christian Kickstarter campaign ever uh, in the history of Kickstarter. So it was fun. So cool, man. So awesome. I love to see it when God breathes on something like that and it just catches fire, you know? Yeah. Uh, that's great. Well, let, let me ask you this, Chris. Uh, I mean, you, you've been with Bethel for 14 years. Is that right? No, I've actually, so I've been with Bethel, um, actually, let me do the math in my head. So it'd be ten, <laughs> 10 years. So I met them. I was with Integrity, and uh, so they've, they've been a, a music ministry for 14 years. I got you. I, start, I started 10 years ago from the label side because they were part of Kingsway, which is uh, a label from the UK. They had a distribution label type deal with them, and Jesus Culture did as well. And then I was working with Integrity Music that's based here in the Mobile Bay Area. And they merged, so it's kind of like a weird uh, story, but a book company bought these two music labels. And so David C. Cook is a company based in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And they had, uh, Francis Chan was one of their big authors at the time. He did the book Crazy Loves. And um, they wanted to get into the music side. So they bought both labels and they merged them into one. And that's where I met uh, Brian and Jen Johnson, Jesus Culture, got to got to know the ministry side, music ministry side. I was familiar with Pastor Bill's uh, podcast and teachings. So that was um, as they were coming off of Be Lifted High and working on uh, the um, law sessions. So that's that's when I first started working with them. And then about a year and a half later, I left to start my own company, 119 Collective. And um then just kept consulting with them and uh then turned into more of a full-time full-time gig now <laughs> <We're Awesome. done. laughs> it's awesome man well you know bethel has been like you know over these years they've been so faithful to their music and to their to their mission how do how have they stayed so consistent in keeping on that uh that track over the years yeah man i really think it's uh it's a reflection of the the house the, that they're connected to the the church and you know Brian's a fifth generation uh, pastor um, from you know his great grandfather on down and uh, so he he's grown up in that and his father you know Bill Johnson um, they were in a little town called Weaverville it's kind of between Reading and uh, Eureka and uh, that's where they were growing up and his dad was pastoring and then. Uh, Bill's father um, passed, and they asked him to to, to move to Reading to pastor Bethel Church. So, um, you know, they did, and I think the uh, you know again just being attached to a house like that and having church leadership covering and really um, being connected to what God's doing in the local body, and uh, you know following Holy Spirit, and you know honestly, I, th- I feel like there's. You know, it's, it's the bride that Jesus is coming back for. It's the church. And yeah. uh, it's really, I think, when you are connected to that local body, 
and you are under that teaching, that leadership, then God is able to to lead, direct, and to breathe on on what you're doing. And so that's kind of, you know, I, I feel like that's been the, um, for me, like if I look at the landscape of, of worship music and music ministries, I've, I've been fortunate, uh, you know, over my time in the industry to work with like Gateway when Carrie Joe was an up and coming worship leader there, Hillsong when Hillsong United was just the youth band that got to play sometimes on Sundays and they were kind of up and coming and, um, and Bethel and, you know, I've, uh, worked with Elevation Worship and these guys in all different kind of capacities. But what I've noticed is like the common uh, theme and what I would say is the connective point is that local body, uh, church leadership, church teaching that the ministry of music is attached to and this is, you know, is led and inspired from. And and really, you know, that that's the connection point that I, I feel like God's able to, to breathe into that. And to me, I also feel like it's, um, you know, God's always leaving the rest, restoration, redemptive story into, into the, you know, story of, of human creation. And I really feel like uh, it is God's way of really putting the explanation point on his redemptive spirit. Mm-hmm. And when you, when you think about the archangels and, you know, Lucifer being the fallen one of the three archangels, Lucifer was the guy, he was the worship leader. He was the leader of, right. of worship. and. When he turned that to evil and to self gratification and, and you know, was absorbed by that, that's when the fall happened. So I think God is redeeming something through uh through the local body and restoring uh the worship leader position. And I think there's uh when that's connected with the pastoring of the local local body as well, then then I think there is um there's something special that happens and I you know, I, that's what I would attribute the the years of um of you know, so uh, that happened at Bethel. Yeah, because the success at Bethel Music has just been phenomenal. And I remember when we were out there visiting and got to go into the studio, and which was crazy cool. And huh. got got to see the board or whatever that thing's called. I know it's crazy, oh, yeah. <laughs> but it was like it's like walking into the holies of holy. You know, it was so beautiful and set up in such excellence and uh which you know that was just really amazing and and but the consistency coming out of bethel music has just been phenomenal and uh so let me ask you this as as the chief business development officer at bethel music what you know and this is probably you get asked this a lot but i gotta ask it chris what do you look for in prospective artists Hmm. that's a great question and um you know, I think uh, a couple of things. One is, you know, really uh, authenticity. Yeah. That that always translates the best. So, um, you know, not to not to demean artistry, but there is, you know, you, you watch shows like The Voice and uh, um, I was going to say America's Got Talent. Not quite that, but The Voice and uh, American Idol, and you see a lot of just phenomenally talented singers, right? Right. And they can do this. They can do the thing. They can turn it on. They can they can perform. But when you have uh, authenticity, and I feel like when you have someone who has a creative identity that's that's real, and it's not manufactured, it's not a switch they flip on to perform, but it's really um, that's that's really special. And I think that's where you start. Um, and you know, for me, I've I've been in worship music most of my career, and it's. Um, 
I think it's really about the presence of the Lord. It's, it's honestly like uh, carrying the presence, hosting the presence, and stewarding that. Uh, and you can that can translate into lyric, melody, song. Uh, you know, obviously on stage, but that's really the key. It's not. It can't be about the platform because when it becomes about the platform, then you start to kind of move towards that. You know, like we we're talking earlier, the the fall, and that like when when worship becomes more inward and what I can perform and do, then it's uh you know i don't think um i don't think that's it's authentic and i don't think it's it's really hosting the presence so that's really important um you know the the obvious are there's there's a level of you know skill talent that's that needs to come along with that but um man when you when you find an artist or worship leader that is uh is really anchored in in who they are uh, in in christ and what they carry uh, their talent to and what they do it for and that's authentic mm. um yeah it does and, and it manifests in different ways like you know we have have had the honor of working with jonathan and melissa hauser for years and mm. you know a song like uh, no longer slaves was it was that authentic expression from a farm where they do ministry for the last 10 years they they ministered to kind of millennials that's 18 to 24 year olds and they have a 18 inch journey ministry that that really focuses on mind and heart and and being healthy and so of course like no longer slaves was really an expression in a spontaneous moment in a in a farm that no one knows really knows about you know in the world but so cool um, from yeah from that came a song so i think when you have that authentic and that was really the first uh first songs that we started working with them on was from the We Will Not Be Shaken album. And, and that song made its way from Sophia, North Carolina to a mountain type in Reading. And, you know, along that journey was was written out and was, you know, they, they put time into it. But it really came from that special place, that that real authentic host of presence. And it had a ministry expression on that farm that went to the mountaintop and then eventually went to the world. And I uh, think God uses that. So that's that's what I kind of look for, honestly. That's, that's kind of, wow. to me, it's the key ingredient. That's so good. So, uh, so with that, and and you know, because what's really interesting about your position at business development is, you know, seeking that out and finding it. And it's kind of like you know, I'm sure you get hit by you know thunderbolts when you see it. Is that right? I mean, is that <laughs> is that kind of like this is it? You know? Yeah. Or, or is it a process that your team? Do you keep processing with it? Man, you can feel it. You know, there's those moments. I think your listeners would would connect with this. Like when you're in a room, whether you you play music or you lead music, and uh, or you're just there to worship in the in the presence. Like there's those moments where you're like, oh gosh, you you feel it, right? You feel that mm. there's there's something um, supernatural, something very special happening, and you you know when that's real and it's it's really tangible and. and and those are the fun, fun moments. Like, so, yeah. and so, sometimes it's, you know, I, I've been really fortunate to to hear all the different stages of song development too and, and what I do. And so I'll hear something that's a scratch demo on an iPhone. That's like, gosh, it, that sounds really, really good. Then you'll, next ex- you'll hear is like, hey, I led it this Sunday. Check out this this uh, YouTube live feed of it. And you'll watch that. You're like, wow. And then, you know, the next step in that journey may be uh i'm going to lead it at bethel on this sunday and then you're in the room and they lead it and you're like oh gosh this is yeah it's got that that thing and mm. you know along the way you kind of feel um and for us at bethel we have a lot of uh, a lot of leaders in our collective so 
another thing that you can we get uh i just feel like we're really fortunate to to experience is when another leader takes a song like you know amanda cook would lead uh um, a song from the housers and it just takes a whole uh a whole different um direction and then you know, another thing that we really go after is the spontaneous moments and um yeah. hosting like those moments really well and so again like we may have like dante bose one of our newer worship leaders in the collective and he'll leave a song like revivals in the air and it is like oh my gosh he just took that to a whole <laughs> other level and it's and you know he's got that because he he's a really special leader and he has his you know he has his own style and what he carries to it but then you throw a song in the mix like that you're like gosh i didn't even think about that but he was passionate about leading it and then you see it happen you're like man this is uh, this is amazing you know so cool you know I, I i can the only thing i can relate to on that is uh surrounded fight my battles it was Alyssa yeah. Smith. Yeah, because Stacy, yeah. my wife was in the room when she sang that for the first time, and it was wow. spontaneous. It was totally Holy Spirit spontaneous, and of course Michael yeah. W. Smith picked it up, and as we know, the rest is history. But yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. it's, it's funny. Moment, I was I was watching that uh, this morning. I actually got a video from the uh, from Dunamas, which is a ministry in Brazil, and they were part of the Send event this last uh, yeah. last spring. Yeah. Uh, and they had uh, Dante Bo leading that song with awesome. uh, the Dunamas leaders. So they were exchanging. So it's, you know, 70,000 people in a massive soccer stadium in Brazil. Dante is, you know, you can just tell this. It's a moment. I'm watching the video. And then uh, the Dunamas leader, Daniel, leads it uh, in Spanish. They, they, they trade verses, or sorry, in Portuguese in Brazil. And it was just like, and that's that's what I love about, like, we're fortunate to, you know, to, to see that happen. Cause you can see that from the living room to now it's in the stadium in Brazil and God, you know, God breathes on it, but it comes from that, that really holy place. Right. Yeah. I feel like it's set apart and, and that's where God can use things. So cool. So in your, uh, in your job, I mean, what would you say, you know, is probably the, the, your favorite part of your job and the least favorite part of your job? <laughs> Man, my favorite part, um, gosh, it would have to be, there's so many, yeah, there's so many. Uh, I know. You know. It's, it's, uh, there's a lot, a lot of uh, parts that I'm like, this is real exciting. And uh, t- to me, the creative process, I, I actually love it from conception to completion. So there's mm. all the different stages in that. Like I could, I could have as much fun in the next session um, as I could in, you know, seeing the the fruit of the first writing session, or you know, seeing the journey along the way, and and then for me, I think the you know after completion, um, just seeing the global expansion and what what the Lord's doing through worship to reach the ends of the earth, and like you know, like that moment I, I was watching with Dante leading surrounded. It's like, gosh, that song. Because I know, Alyssa, I'm like, man, she wasn't she she. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that she's a worship leader is a very unique and amazing story, you know? Right. And, uh, and I think that, you know, you just see songs like that from somebody who's got the purest heart and you see God breathe on it. But then you also see them transform and take on, um, you know, new ministry reach around the world. And for me, it's like, I, I love those moments when, 
um, on another continent and it could be in the native tongue you know we were in argentina with cali and josh and they were singing for the first time in spanish you know in a mm-hmm. in a eight thousand seat venue and the place just went crazy so i, I think seeing the the unifying nature of songs that can reach the world, reach every tribe and tongue, and then also seeing them translated into native tongue and just watching how God will, I feel like, you know, fulfill the, the, the commission, right? It's the, it's yeah. the reached people. And That's right. um, I think, I think songs do that, especially in our sphere. They, um, I feel like we're, we're, you know, we're, we're surrounded by modern day psalmists that have, truth promise god's character and you know god's using them as modern day psalms to to bring ministry and we celebrate uh all the testimonies that come from just people that literally um have have been healed and they've had supernatural god experiences through through the songs so those are those i'd say are the fun part too just you know years later when you like raise the Lee has been out for two almost two years now and um we had a 13-year-old send a testimony that said, look, my brother uh, had drowned in the ocean and mm-hmm. was unconscious with no pulse and not breathing for five minutes. And she sang that song over him. And um, he came back to and uh, got to the hospital and he's fully like no brain damage. No, Praise it's Jesus. Like, yeah. And so when you read that, you're like, gosh, that song is, and I remember the beginning stages of that song was, again, it was written for our CEO's son. That was just the chorus from Jonathan and Melissa Helzer. That was really just a, a, they just sent him a voice memo to play the song over Jackson on the night that they thought they were going to lose Jackson in the hospital. And that was just the chorus. And I just remember like that song, you know, was really a personal thing. And then when you see it come to life and we had no intention of it actually making the album, but we were working on a couple of other songs with Jonathan and Melissa and that kind of became the one we're like, all right, let's, let's go with this one. And they had to finish writing out the lyrics and the song kind of came together and then they led it for the first time live at our tracking in Dallas uh, wow. come conference. So that was the first time they ever led it live. And so when you see that, I'm just, I love, having you know <laughs> little sneak peeks of that journey then then it yeah. ends, you know it doesn't end but it then you get this like highlight we shared in our staff this week and we we talk about testimonies and celebrate those you're like gosh man this made us all the way to you know all the way to the shores of this uh you know this testimony and this teenager and her, and her brother that's amazing that's amazing well i'm not even going to go into what your least favorite because i don't think you have a least favorite part of your job, your job uh, just, e- your emails job. Yeah, you're getting emails, huh? Uh, but yeah, man, that's probably my least favorite thing to do is read a bunch of emails and oh my trip. Amen to that, brother. I, I get it. Well, man, I, I just that is such a blessing to be on the front row of that to see that. Let me ask you this, Chris what What do you see as the major changes that that you're seeing on the horizon in, in the music industry, and, and how are you navigating those? Yeah. Well, it's, you know, there's, there has been some major ones. I, you know, I was uh, kind of date myself when I got into music. Um, I think I've, I feel like I've seen all the changes have been technology driven, right? So it's, uh, it's kind of interesting. My, uh, I have a, some family that has been in printing and mailing for their whole career. So when I got into music, there was an email. Uh, so we didn't have email lists. We just had a mailing list. And my aunt was like, hey, <laughs> 
if you get these addresses that's your merch table we can uh, we can put them in the system we can do mailers so we we did you know monthly mailers to yeah the fan bases so you know i feel like technology is always pushing to me it's always pushing reach exposure connectivity so you know i saw that jump to like oh we have email list now and we can we can email people to when i started working for integrity music which i would say was the part of my career where i got into to major music label environments and stuff like that it was the ipod was only a year old so there were you know i came into a, a digital music area where uh integrity who had you know tens of thousands of songs and copyrights and that were almost 25 years old as a label and it had this you know massive legacy they um, still didn't have a lot of the catalog that was available on on the itunes store and stuff mm -hmm. and so i feel like there's um so what I've seen is uh, there is more and more reach that's happened with each jump. So I feel like the jump, the first initial jump was music's digital, right? And it's portable. It's like, okay, great. It's all portable. Then we had the, the DRM protect everything. You got to make sure you can't steal it. And, uh, you know, then that started to come down. Um, but you start to see like the, the old, um, ways of distribution like physical cds would hit a ceiling you know they would they mm -hmm. would have a, a capacity and you would manufacture the margins were bigger and all that stuff was great but when it went to to more digital versus physical then what you did see was there was more ability to 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 reach uh, further with digital and then i think the big jump that's really happened in the last you know five to eight years has been the streaming platforms and that's what I feel like the, the big shift in that is, again, now you're talking about, you know, uh, for moving from 50,000 to 100,000 to 150,000 units or songs or mm -hmm. whatever, or digital albums. So now, like, that's something that you could have streamed uh, in less than 30 minutes for us. Like, it, it's literally like, Crazy. if you look at the consumption, so... And what comes with that is the uh, the streaming platforms. Now there's no friction to. Uh, I'm trying to convince someone to go buy something from you know from us to to go buy the song and to go buy the album. Now it's just attention. You're just like, hey, we know it feels like it's free because no one, either you're you're on a, a free version of Spotify that's ad supported, right. or you you don't even think about the five to ten dollars you spend a month to be subscribed to Apple Music or whatever platform you're on. So so now it's not really, hey, will you go uh, not only like us enough to buy it, um, will you, you know, tell your friends about it? Now it's like, hey, um, you can go stream as much as you want. It doesn't feel like you've had to pay for it at all. And I can, I can put, you know, five or six links in any kind of communication through social or emails that will immediately within a click have you on the song. You can listen to it. And within a click or two, you can have it shared to your friends on social. So mm -hmm. I feel like the gates for, um, there were, you know, if you considered like there was uh, a gates in the way of it was a, a, a more expensive way to try to, you know, reach people through, uh, paid, you know, email lists and things like that. Now there's social networks that, you know, we have millions of people that are connected and they get notified immediately when we put something out and there's, there's immediate interaction and consumption. So the, I've had, I think I've, I've turned the corner now, but for a minute there, I was like, it's, it's hard for me to wrap my head around the right. fact that in, in one week I could have 10 million people experience our music. And incredible. You know, now it's, it's, it's incredible. So I think that's the big shift. And so 
it's uh, the speed. So I think that what we're navigating now is, okay, now we're, we're trying to catch attention and we're trying to build connectivity. So we're going to make sure that we have, you know, audience connectivity through whatever channels and however they connect. And then also just, you know, the extension of ministry that happens uh, through video content that can, you know, resource and equip and, you know, edify the body. That's really helpful. Um, and, you know, just having the ability to also um, activate that audience to to then share and, and see. Because once, once something goes viral, we can really see, like, for for me, Reckless Love was one of those, like, mm-hmm. okay, this went viral on, on uh on streaming platforms, which happened to be YouTube first, but it was, you know, within two days we had, uh, you know, over 2 million views. And by the end of the week we were at 10 million. And then the album wasn't scheduled to come out until we knew the song was special, but when Stephanie Gretzinger let it, it just, it blew up. And it was like, it, you you just saw like a a fire explode on YouTube. And then (laughs) I had the album scheduled to come out six months later. So I had a fast track with Corey (laughs) and the producers to get the single song. I'm like, Hey, let's just go to radio as soon as we can. And um, it was kind of catching up with fire. So I'd say now, like what we're navigating now is how to, when you see something uh, go viral, that's, you know, a natural thing. That's always the best. And then how do you catch, catch up to it or how do you steward it? What do you do, you know, um, yeah. in front of that as well? So it's fun. The playbook is, I feel like, getting rewritten about every six to 12 months. And we're <laughs> you have to be actively <laughs> engaged in that. Amen. Well, it's exciting. It is. And, and the, you know, the distribution mechanisms are just amazing, you know, and what you can do with that. All right. Let me ask you this. Uh, how does it benefit you to have your own publishing company and studio for Bethel in-house? Yeah. You know, it's been, for us, it's been uh, the ability to choose our own adventure, really. It's, uh, you know, so back, we, so we've had publishing from the very beginning, and we've, um, we've just found, like, we can, we can clear, there's things that you do in that world, not to get too techy, but, you know, ways that you would um, license or clear it for certain usage types that can get bogged down if you're, in um you know in a system where you have to get approvals or there's you know there's other um red tape obstacle obstacles red tape your stuff in the way so from the beginning we we manage that ourselves and continue to grow that and songwriting has been a core you know a core uh, value of ours so it's been uh it's been really good to also take that that area of the business and um and reinvest it too and in, in the things that we've, you know, gone after like Worship You, which is our online uh, worship equipping, training, resourcing, which also turned into like a two-week conference um, mm. that happens. Well, actually, when we used to do, remember we used to have events and we used to like do, do yeah. things? Back in the old days. <laughs> Back in the old days. Um, so we would do two weeks in the summer and man, we've, we've really been blessed to have guests like uh, Hillsong United and Phil Wickham and um, you just go down the list, Chris Tomlin, they've all come and they've been a part of our Worship You on campus. And that's uh, that's been really, you know, it's been a, a way to equip, to train, to gather worship leaders, worship teams. You know, again, for us, it's that's that's our heartbeat is to export the DNA from our, our church house uh, through music to, to the global, you know, the global church. So, we we do it through things like that and 
having publishing in-house and really controlling um, how we manage that and how we manage the uh, the revenue streams that come in on that and how we reinvest that into things that really help kind of further propagate and promote songs. That's been uh, that's been really good. And you know, it's um, in any kind of record label environment, your publishing catalog is you know it's really a strong asset. So we've been yeah. able to to build that and um, yeah, and it's it's helped us good. to. Well, you guys, you guys done it masterfully. You really have. And, you, you know, you, the one thing I love that you guys are all about is integrity and showing up right. like that and just being transparent and integrity. It's just, you know, and I know in any business, you know, that's an attractive thing. But it seems like especially in the music business, it's a rare thing. And uh, right. you, you guys have it in spades. So that's awesome. All right. I uh, I want to ask you, I know, you know, I guess a couple of years ago, my son-in-law, Blake, as you know, uh, we yeah. he, text, he texted me in the middle of the night. He was working with Chuck and Carrie on this movie called Unplanned. And yep. uh, and I know that you guys had a big part in it. And Fob even starred in it, I think. But what yeah. was interesting about that is he texted me. He says, hey, do you know somebody over at Bethel, man, that I got to get this certain stick or something? I don't know what it was, some music yeah. jargon. And yeah, so yeah. I shoot you a text, man, in the middle of the night. And, bro, you got back to me like lickety split. We had it done and down. And I just thought, wow, this is excellence in action, man. You guys, you know, Thanks. that's what that's what I just admire about the way you guys roll at Bethel is just always an excellence. And Bethel music is just it's just so cool. And I just, I'll never forget that. Cause I thought, well, I'm going to take a shot in the dark. See if he, you know, Chris even remembers who I am. And you did. And you jumped through hoops that night. And I always thought that was really cool. So, yeah. um, So, excuse me. What responsibilities do you think do we as Christians have uh, in this 2020 time to be leaders in, in, in not only in worship leaders, but in leaders in, in the church to be out front on issues of the day. What what do you look at, Chris, as our responsibility as Christians? Oh, man. Um, it is, uh, you know, it's funny. It's, uh, I've, I've been actually thinking about this, this topic a lot in my, my morning devotions. And um, I think it's, you know, sometimes we can overcomplicate it, right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, I've been reading a bit, this week in particular, I'm, I'm in a Matthew study in one of my reading plans, and it's just going through sections, and, and we're in the Sermon on the Mount right now. And uh, I've been reading a bit about that, and uh, the I'm going to, it's funny because <laughs> I'm probably going to botch who this guy is. It's, I think he pronounced his name Rabbi Halil, and he's one of like the first century rabbis. Mm. Um, and so it, I think, I think my point is going to be this. I think we can, we can boil it down like Jesus did. It's like, Hey, do, uh, do unto others as you, you know, love others so well, like as you love yourself, that's how you should Mm -hmm. treat and love others. And, um, I think that's how he, he said uh, the, the tour, all the rules, all the laws, you know, it all points to that. And Jesus wasn't trying to replace it and say like, throw that away. He was just saying like, if you boil it all down to one thing, what should, what should we do? What, what should we carry? It's that, and I think he also, you know, really encouraged the the apostles and the disciples when he was, um, you know, back on earth post-resurrection before he ascended. He said, um, love each other well. 
like he's mm-hmm. talking to to basically like Christians. He's like, this is the early church. So he's saying, you guys love each other well, like really well, and um, and through that, the world will see that you follow me. That you that you are carrying. Uh, you're a Christian. You're carrying, you know, my spirit in you. And I think that was really important. So how we love ourselves and how we love others, and in particular how we love others, obviously in the Christian space that we may do business in. That that speaks volumes and testimony um, mm. to to what we should focus on, and I think that translates. And this this rabbi, he um, he, I forget the story. So it's it's early, you know, first century guy, and he uh, he was challenged by this uh, non-believer, and uh, he said, "If you can stand on one leg and tell me, sum up all the laws and all the Old Testament Torah in in one in one phrase." Uh, then I'll then I'll I'll believe, and that's what he said. He said, "Do un, do unto others as you want you know done to you." Done to you, yeah. He, he basically quoted Jesus in that moment, and um, it was. I think that's I think that's it. So like you know, here's the thing. Like when you text me late night for that, and I know it's important, and I understand the the speed and the rhythm of you know having to get stuff in time for a movie release, and um, you know I would if I did the same, if I was reaching out to you or to Blake or someone like that, I would love for a quick, fast response and yeah. you know, to be able to resource and help. So I think that's kind of been my philosophy is to really, because relationships matter, you know, they matter so much that, that God is restoring all of our relationships back to him. And um, I think my, that's important. Okay. Yeah. So okay. I think as you, as you pour into people, into business, <clears throat> as you carry that out, I mean, you never know what's, um, you know, you never know how that's going to impact or how that, how God may use it down the road. I have a friend who manages Johnny Swim and um, his, uh, it's Ab, uh, Abner and Amanda are the couple that are in that that band and they're both, you know, Christians and um, they've had a really successful pop career. But Amanda was his intern back at Goatee back in the day. And, you know, he always, he carried that as well. Like he always poured into people, invested into people, loved people well. And um, I think down the road when they started this <clears throat> this little band called Johnny Swim, uh, he he and I worked at Integrity Music together, and he was like, "Hey, check this out. What is, she used to be my intern." And I was like, "This is really this is amazing," <laughs> and that's helped him. So he's he's a full time yeah. manager with them, and so you just never know. Not that you do it for that, but right. I think when you when you plant seeds of love like that, God is gonna is going to pour His Spirit onto it, and there's gonna be uh, there's gonna be you you reap what you sow, and there's gonna be fruit that comes from it. Oh, good. You know, and, and, you know, and you never know, it could be generational too, right? Yeah. You get, you know, you know, whatever you, you, you know, uh, Bob Goff, I don't know if, I think, you know, who Bob Goff is. He, and he wrote yeah. a book oh, yeah. recently called uh, uh, Everybody Always. And Jesus says that, you know, not only do we pray for our enemies, but we need to love our enemies. And oh, of yeah. course, if we're operating in the Christian community in a kingdom, you know, we really need to love our kingdom brothers and sisters. And so to do that, it could, and it changes things generationally. And I, I do believe that uh, when, when, when our leadership is really, not only do they have the ability, but they have the responsibility to pour out and to sow into those future generations and to help people at, you know, midnight trying to find a sound stick. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, man. That's yeah. awesome, man. All right. So, uh, any future projects right now, Chris, that you can share, uh, that you're excited about? 
Yeah, I'm real excited about a couple. Um, <clears throat> some of the, the immediate ones, uh, Corey Asbury has a second album that's coming out uh, at the end of this month, which is really, uh, really great. He uh, he took a sabbatical year, and um, that was awesome. He, uh, he had a time to pour into his family, and he wasn't doing it out of, uh, you know, out of uh, – out of a place of emergency he did it out of a place of the lord you know really spoke to him and his wife anna so that was beautiful man in that year he wrote some really amazing songs god uh took him on a journey that was really fun so it's exciting to see those songs um come out and then we have two um brandon lake and dante bow are two of our newer worship leaders and brandon's album will come out in uh in august and uh, Dante Bell will have some songs and some more stuff coming out this fall. Then his album will be in January. Then Josh Baldwin, man, he's a he's a dear mm-hmm. friend, and uh, I just love love Josh's music. So his, his album will be in um, late September, probably early early October. And then one of the one of the really like fun fun ones for me right now is um, we have a youth ministry called Young Saints, and it's uh, man really special group of of young leaders and some of our young adult uh, kind of post-college leaders that are pouring into that as well. And man, they're, um, they've had a couple of conferences the last two years and uh, well, now we can't sing in church in California. So there's, that's a thing right now, but, <laughs> but they're singing at home and um, we're they're singing, at, they're singing on the beach too. I saw Sean yeah, right. out there on the beach yeah. hanging out there. The, you know, Sean's going to take him anywhere he can go. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, but that's really like that is a really fun one because uh, just watching these kids grow in their musicality and their instruments and their the craft and what they're writing and some of our senior veteran writers pouring into them and just thought you know I think it's for me I'm seeing like true discipleship happening in, in mm. the creative arts which is amazing and I'm just seeing these young kids just you know blossom and grow in it and really stepping into it so that'll be something that comes out you know kind of early spring next year but we're in we're in the fun creative uh, process with it right now that's so cool that's awesome that's that's a lot to look forward listeners <laughs> we, have, yeah. we have we have a big worship community that follows us on this podcast so that'll be exciting for them um all right my last question is uh uh you know i know you've done a lot of work on uh records and artists and, and work with theirs is there was there a part of one of the artists that you worked with or a record that you wrote on or that you did that you were a part of that was especially meaningful to you i know that might be putting you on the spot i know all of them are special to you i understand uh, that yeah they're all man gosh they, they all have those those moments right uh yeah that are really um i would say probably one of the one of the I just still kind of get chills thinking about it. Uh, and there was two things really, and it's, it's all, it's from the wheel not be shaken album. Mm. And it was, uh, you know, for me, it was a time where, uh, I, I didn't grow up in, in, I didn't grow up in church. So mm-hmm. part of my testimony, which we don't have enough time to talk about today, but maybe <laughs> another time, um, God, God really came in and, and did some rest, restoration and redemptive work in my life in my early 20s. And I got to see who he, who he really was. And um, that was a beautiful encounter. So, you know, coming into that, uh, I was in, in the South, grew up in New Orleans, kind of in, so I was between Catholic churches and, and what I would call barely Baptist, spirit-filled Baptist <laughs> churches. Right. right. Um, but I'd never been around uh, like 
really prophetic centric uh, places like Bethel. And I think God had me on a journey to there for, for a reason. So what makes it so special to me is I was there um, as we we're working on that album, finishing it up. And uh, I, uh, one thing that we do as a label and as a community is we have prophetic ministry. So you'll sometimes get prophetic prayer where people will um, really listen to what the Lord wants to say to you. And it's super impactful. And, um, I hadn't, like I said, I, I, I worked remote, so I was still based in the Gulf, uh, Gulf Coast area, and I would travel back and forth to, to Reading. So this particular trip, um, I had a guy that worked on the team uh, gather people I didn't know about, and they were all writing like a prophetic journal, prayer journal for me, and they just wrote down mm-hmm. what they thought the Lord was saying. And so they gave it to me as I was leaving. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is amazing. I didn't quite, he's like, kind of explained it to me. He's like, you know, we love you, bless you. So I was traveling back home and I jumped on uh, the, the airplane and um, I remembered it was my book bag and I had my headset on. I was listening to first round mixes on the album. Mm. and the song Everbe came on and um I was uh you know I was reading so I just opened up the book and you know you ever have those God moments where you're you don't uh you don't expect Holy Spirit to come like (laughs) in the the way that he does yes I wasn't I wasn't really prepared so as I'm listening to I love Callie's voice and that song is really special um and as I'm reading this entry from somebody that was uh, wrote me uh, a journal entry on it, she uh, she said, "Thank you for choosing um, choosing us as your family." And as mm-hmm. she says that, uh, the second verse where Callie sings, "You, you father the orphan, your kindness makes us whole," um, that lyric came on, and um, mm-hmm. and I really felt because my parents divorced when I was ten. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I just in that moment, I just felt Holy Spirit flood the airplane and like just wrap its arms around me. And I just felt the connectivity of community with that. And um, and the, the fact that I would read that as that verse came on. And so good. I just started, started bawling in like a really sweet, kind way. And um, I'll make this quick. So then flash forward to a year, uh, Have It All was just, so the next album was just about to come out. And um, I had a friend encourage me. My mom and I had been estranged for almost 25 years. Wow. And he's like, dude, you need to reconnect to your mom. And I was like, all right. He was like, encourage me. I was like, all right, I, I think, you know, I can reach out to her and, 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 and do that. So I was in, uh, in the hotel and I was just asking Holy Spirit to, to give me, um, some, some wisdom, some perspective on that. And, uh, you know, I'm sitting there and I'd been trying to, uh, think of, some things I could write to her, but, you know, I really, uh, didn't have, you know, we didn't, we kind of had a Jerry Springer type, uh, young life, you know, <laughs> right. it was like, it's a lot of, right. a lot of episodes of, you know, just crazy. And so I was trying to think of that and, um, man, I was, uh, just put it on random, random shuffle on my, my iPod and, or my, my iPod, my iPhone. <laughs> yeah. And, um, man, No Longer Slaves came on. And oh, wow. I was just thinking about my mom. And then again, the second verse, like, I guess it's God using the second verses on me. So the second <laughs> verse goes, you know, from my mother's womb, you've chosen me, loves, call my name. And um, I was like, gosh, that's it. Like God so loves um, the mothers and the womb is a, is a really sanctified place. And it wasn't by accident. It was by choice. And my restoration and redemption um, is not just meant for me, but I should, I should extend that to my mom, right? So uh, I do that, and in the journey, I'm talking to my dad, and I uh, 
he's helped me kind of remember some memories that were good memories of us. So three months later, um, I'm flying out to, to reconnect with her for the first time in 25 years. We do. We have a great weekend. And uh, I get to see some of my younger sisters. And then when I get back, my dad, because he'd been on a journey with me, they had been divorced for 33 years. Wow. So my dad had reached out to her over Facebook, and they started talking, and they reconnected. Come and on. They end up, my dad's like, hey, I think I'm going to go out and visit her. And my mom's like, hey, I think uh, you and my dad are going to get back together. And no way. <laughs> no so way. Three months. Three months later, in October, this October would be their uh, will be their fourth uh, re anniversary. So this oh October, Jesus. and then uh, my dad asked me to to remarry them. So like three months later, <laughs> on the shores of Carolina, I'm remarrying Woo! my parents. And the first time I ever prayed with both my parents was Come at that on. moment with them. So I, when I think back to like those two songs were kind wow. of soundtracks to like those journeys and like, so they're all with those, that one will be really, man. Special. I felt the Holy spirit on that, bro. That's, that's yeah. wow. Wow. That's a made for movie deal right there. <laughs> My wife movie. Me, you need to write that book. I was like, I'll, write, <laughs> I'll write it. You guys publish it. <laughs> uh, no. So I think those, man, here's the, here's the thing. We, we are really blessed to, to have, the opportunity to write songs that become soundtracks, not only for life, but for ministry, man. So I think, you know, for me personally, that's how I experience them a lot. And I love the, that they can carry that. And man, really, you know, for us, it's like the, the more millions and millions of streams just means like there's more millions and millions of opportunities that God's reaching people like that and like doing some serious restoration and redemptive work. So good, man. So good. Chris, you are, you, you are just so cool. And it's just, uh, you know, I started out this as you're a cool cat, man. You are. And, uh, I just, I just dig your vibe, bro. <laughs> I do. Yeah. Listen, you are total next level and man, I just, uh, what a blessing you are to have you on our podcast today and interview and, and what, you know, it, it's, it's funny because you talk about what you look for in artists is authenticity and man, you exude that. That's what you are. And oh, I thanks, just, sir. I love the way you walk with Jesus in that. And, and man, those stories are amazing. I could go on for hours. So, uh, so Chris, just thanks, man. Thank you for being here with us, brother. Thank you for spending the time here yeah. with our listeners. I know they, they love Bethel music. They love what you guys are doing out there. And this is a big treat for them. Uh, and so, you know, I, I won't, I won't put out your email address to send tracks. To you. <laughs> yeah. Send them to Michael's email address. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> so uh, thanks for having me, man. Really yeah, man. It's been, to be on here. Thank you, brother. Thank you. And tell everybody back at uh, Bethel. I said, Hey, and I'm coming out there to get five. Tell him he's up next. Oh, well, I'm going to put the pressure on him, man. I'm going to say, hey, you got to get up. You got next. Amen. Thanks again, Chris. Have a great week. Yeah, thanks. You too, man. Hey, friends, please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share our podcast on Apple, Spotify, and all other platforms where great podcasts are found. Thank you. Thank you for checking out the Next Level Podcast. For more information or additional resources, please visit themichaelmcintyre.com.